You're listening to Live Wild Radio, the part-time adventure podcast. Join us as we explore how outdoor adventures build mind, body, and spirit. And welcome back to Live Wild Radio. I'm Winston. I'm Catherine. And I'm Emily. Yeah. So today we have a a guest, uh, a friend of ours, Emily, who's uh, on uh, Instagram as the Backcountry Nurse. One of the original OG back in the day. Yeah, that's right. Basically, when, when we first started the Live Wild thing, I didn't really have a clear idea what we were doing. Em and I did some videos together, and she did some videos on her own. Yeah, you interviewed Joe, Joe Robinette. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, it was really fun. Yeah, you've got like like 30,000 views on I that know, video. I know. Every like like six months, I'll just be like, oh yeah, remember the time I and, like, would go on and like check out the views? And it was the part two with Joe Robinette and then like one of my camping videos. And I was like, holy shit. I'm like, why people are watching <laughs> this? It's so cool. And it, <laughs> because I, uh, obviously it's on my YouTube channel. So I get the, the notifications. People are still commenting on the shit. Oh my God. I Sometimes I read the comments and sometimes I wish I didn't. A lot of the ones with like Joe Robinette, they're like, oh, I bet you they banged. And you're like, oh, okay, we're talking about <laughs> camping stuff all right camping stuff joe's married with a kid and now i'm married yeah you're married now but at the time you were joe is actually smaller than you yeah we're Uh, like eye to eye which is hilarious because i'm not eye to eye with anybody yep um and then and then we ran into the thing of that was shot in front of a room full of people yeah so we figured we were going to have em on because uh she does lots of fun cool adventures so this is going to be part one um, which is just going to be getting to know Emily. And part two is then, that's the backcountry part. Mm-hmm. And then part two will be more of the nurse part, where we're going to actually talk about things like backcountry first aid, how to build a first aid kit. Um, how not to die in the backcountry. Yeah. What to do. How not to get co- uh, koala herpes. That's right. Or chlamydia yeah. in the backcountry. Raging epidemic. Among koala bears. <laughs> Stay tuned. You, yeah. you laugh, but look. More on koala bears later. Look it up. Because the koala bears I'm turn it up now. <laughs> Keep talking. I want to hear some stats. Yeah. yeah. So you also have a nickname, Elbows. Oh yeah, yeah. So um, Elbows originated. Uh, this was uh, thirteen years ago, I think. I was walking out of uh, the music. Uh, bar in downtown London called Call the Office and I was like leopard print pants like knee-high goth boots like like, you know punk rock t-shirts like I was like in my prime are you serious oh totally I want to see pictures oh my god there's some there's some golden ones I'll uh, I'll bring them next time (laughs) you can all have a good chuckle it was like I had a lot, I was so short, I could wear platform boots and like still be shorter than a lot of people. Um, so I was walking out of Call the Office after like whatever punk show and I saw this flyer um, stapled to the hydro pole right outside and it was like roller derby. Like I was like, oh, I've heard of roller derby. Um, yeah, let's try it because I've always played hockey and so it was easy to pick up quad skating with the four um, four wheels on each skate. So it was pretty easy um, because I'd skated for a long period of time before. And, you know, as a, any good 90s kid, I also rollerbladed a shit ton. My peak coolness, for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, so I played roller derby for like seven years, I think. Um, and Elbows was my um, derby name. And since then, I've just like incorporated that. It's easy 
you know, making an email or like a username because nobody ever has that spelling. So it's perfect. So I've just kind of kept it. And I also have it tattooed on my ribs, actually. One of my, actually my first tattoo was a big roller girl. Um, probably like, I don't want, I want, I'm not good with measurements, but I'm saying it's like a foot long. Oh, really? Of like a derby girl and like pinup style. Can show it? Yeah. All right. <laughs> she's undoing her pants <laughs> no pulling but up her shirt if that's all right oh that's cool yeah i like it yeah so that was 18 and then this fireweed because oh, the yukon. yukon yeah very cool so Catherine and i bonded over our mutual love yeah. for the yukon i think i have some seeds somewhere oh my god buy it. yes i think i had yeah. some too i had fireweed jelly for a while too so really nice huh. and see what our viewers can't see now is <laughs> M- Tucking her shirt back in her pants. Because I have high-waisted jeans, so it's like up yeah. to my elbow, like my whole forearm. Like she is wearing pants. full mom jeans. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, like they're, they're they so comfortable. High and tight, high and tight. High and tight. <laughs> and you I know. got ones that are like high and loose, so that's like peak mom. I think, they're, I think they're like Wrangler or something. Because oh, yeah. that's, that's, that's rocking some mom style. <laughs> so you said that you grew up in the 90s. How old are you? I'm 30. Okay, but mm-hmm. you're still very young. Yeah, okay. so it was like six months of the gotcha. 80s, so I'm still an 80s baby. Oh, I can still oh, claim okay. that, um, but definitely grew up like peak 90s. Gotcha. Like, oh yeah, Britney Spears, Spice Girls. <laughs> <laughs> and now elbows. And now elbows, yeah. yeah. So that's your defense tactic when, <laughs> yeah. you're, the, uh, uh, you know, when you're in the wild. Exactly. It's like if it's a bear, just like elbows up, low stance. <laughs> yeah. Go back to my derby training. Well, because listen, that's just a good defensive thing. Like, uh, just the other day, I was watching um, some like world star hip hop videos, oh you know, God, of those yes. those shitty street fights with people who don't know how to fight. Uh-huh. And everybody, no, everybody like <laughs> keeps their hands down. What you gonna do? What you gonna do? Punch you in the face. <laughs> well, you're about to get knocked out because you have your hands down, your your chin, and you're sticking your chin out at the other person, and it's usually like two hits, right? And of course, as a ER nurse, this is this is probably something you occasionally run into. The first hit is a hand on the jaw. The second hit is their head bouncing off the pavement. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So M's first thing of get the hands up. Like if we're if we're teaching you know basic fight one hundred and one, get your damn hands up. Yeah. <laughs> Bend your knees. Yeah. Yeah. Pivoted the hips a little bit. Arms up. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. How long did you do that for? Uh, I. Th- think like north of five south of 10 i want to say like seven years oh wow so i did that for from like age 17 to like 22 i think you gotta be a pretty tough bitch to do that um well it's funny <laughs> like initially when derby started it was like a melee it was like a free-for-all there was some rules but nobody really okay. like followed it and a lot of times it was um everyone wanted to throw it back to like the 50s derby where it's like oh everyone had like actual fights on the rink and it was like this crazy lawless thing it was more of like an entertainment show than an actual sport Mm. and through the years it definitely morphed from um focused more so on um the entertainment value and then more towards the sportsmanship which is also entertaining um so it's it was a lot less showy but like there was one um infamous fight that i had with the captain of um the ottawa team oh my god what the rideau valley roller girls and (laughs) i um their captain semi-precious and I think her number was like 14 carat or something like that. So 14 K. Um, she did something to like my jammer and like, sometimes I'll have a little bit of a temper. So I was like, okay, like next jam, like you're going down. And so I like 
she was, I think somebody blocked her so she fell but then I, I like leaped on top of her and like put her in a headlock and like <laughs> hit her on the side of the helmet because I didn't want to actually cause her harm so I didn't like punch her but it was with that little piece on your wrist guards that kind of comes out so I just like bopped her on the helmet a couple of times and that was like my one and only fight <laughs> and I never did it again because I felt so bad <laughs> but but you uh, were on top but I was on top and I won just so everyone knows I yeah. won that fight <laughs> well that's well that's a, that's the thing it's like never which is like can you guys go now <laughs> ne- never never feel bad that you won you oh know? no you feel bad when you lose that's right yeah that's true that's yeah because i'll oh. tell you uh, i've uh, i've had a couple of times in my life where uh even though you know if if somebody was keeping score i guess i didn't technically lose because i still walked away from it and the other person was you know um when you're missing teeth and stuff mm-hmm. nobody mm-hmm. wins at that point yeah you Nobody know, wins. Uh, like anytime you got to go get stitches. Yeah, that's not a win. That's no. a tie. Yeah. <laughs> that's a tie. Well, although quite honestly, the other person might have been knocked out. So they might have had the traumatic brain injury. Oh. But I had that probably because I still got whacked in the head and I had to get stitches. Yeah. I. Th- so <sighs> I, I probably, tie. even though I might have walked away from it, like still upright, you know, looking back on it. Uh, I might not have fared as well as the other person. No. Of course, they, they right now could be having to eat out of a straw still. That's you know, true. That's very you know. true. Because and uh, that's for somebody, why I don't fight anymore. Yeah. And, and I realize that this episode isn't specifically getting into the medical thing. But <laughs> or the road derby. Or <laughs> well, you know, we're, we're getting to know This him. is fun. Yeah. yeah. But, but here's, here's the thing. Uh, as somebody who uh, I've, I've had more than a dozen concussions in my life. Um, do you Holy have shit. yeah That's a lot of concussions. Do you have any idea why I'm not a like babbling idiot at this point? Because maybe you were more so before. Yeah, maybe it just knocked <laughs> more sense, and yeah. then like one more concussion, and then it's all gonna go. Like, yeah. You're gonna be toast. Because like I'm I'm known f- among everybody like a, a a fount of knowledge, and I have a memory like I can just remember a ton of shit, which just still uh, astounds me, considering the number of times, you know. I've had to go to the hospital, like when I was a kid, particularly. Wow. My parents would take me to the hospital because, oh, he's got a concussion again. He doesn't know, you know, when you, when you ask your mom what time it is, like five times in five minutes, it's like, oh, <laughs> off we go. <laughs> I don't think you're fine. I think we should maybe go to the hospital. You know, because when you're trying to like jump your BMX bike across the creek and you smoke, you know, we didn't wear helmets when I was a kid. And you and you smoke your bike into the the bank on the other side. Mm. You know you didn't clear the berm. <laughs> um, didn't quite. Yep, uh, and that sort of thing. And then you know doing parkoury things before anybody knew what parkour was. And then when you slip and fall off the edge of the school and like like fall just you know a story down and land on the tarmac. <laughs> Because you were running and jumping from one corner, like in you know where oh the building God. makes an L, you were jumping and missed. It only takes one time where you're not that lucky. Yeah, and I see that a lot too. Yeah, where it's like, oh, like that was a relatively minor accident, and they're like, oh, you actually have a lot of damage. Yeah. <laughs> oh. It's like when I wiped out on my mountain bike, and you know, a couple days later, well, it was in a race, so it was kind of all adrenalized mm-hmm. up. Flipped over the bars, landed on my head, got up, <laughs> finished the race, got on my bike. You know, give it a little shake, uh, finish the race. And then a couple of days later, like I couldn't move my head. And it felt like somebody drove a railroad spike in uh, between my shoulder blades. And then it's like, ah, so I go in and, you know, get x-rays and it turns out I have two fractured vertebrae. Yeah. 
and I'm still somehow functioning. Someone's got to have a horseshoe up their butt. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently it's you. Yeah. Like basically maybe I have a brain that was like, you know, some people are going to get hit once and they just die. And then, you know, everything's a spectrum, right? So there's got to be people on the other uh, far end of the there's spectrum. There's always outliers. Yeah. There's a medi- the, like, medial curve. And then there's always outliers. People who like sneeze and blow an aneurysm. And then people who are in like a huge car accident and they're perfectly fine. Yeah. And I think you're in the like 97th percentile. I think, uh, well, because when I, when I wiped out and broke my shoulder blade, mm-hmm. uh, the ER doctor <laughs> came in with and I'm, and I'm not gonna do the korean accent Please don't. Um, but but it was a thing where he looked at the x-rays and went you're built like a bear oh say it at least the way he did. no i'm not gonna you know uh, yeah it's a different time Catherine. um but but it was the thing where he's like if, if this had happened to me i would have broken into a thousand pieces like you know you you have just a minor hair like a dislocated shoulder and a hairline fracture in your scapula yeah and you know, but you should be dead. <laughs> you should have no arm. It should. All be right. Computer. So this episode's yeah. for yeah. all the people not <laughs> like Winston. Yeah. <laughs> for actually, that's, actually, that's part two of this that, episode. Yeah. So, so we got to keep these things straight. Yeah. So let's. Uh, how did you get into adventure? Um. Or what is adventure for you? Let's start there. Adventure for me is like, honestly, it can be anything. It could be. Um, like I have, uh, I'm experimenting with like bucket gardening at home and uh, trying to gear our, um, mine and my husband's life towards like being more self-sufficient. So like that for me is an adventure. It's like learning how to keep a plant alive and, um, learning about like what soil cucumbers like versus like tomatoes and what can be planted beside what to make it flourish. Or sometimes there's like garden buddies and then there's garden enemies. So that's like a whole new thing that I'm learning. So that for like actually really both of us, cause Ryan's really interested in it as well um uh is adventure and then like learning more about like earthships and how do we want to you know if our, we're going to be able to like build our forever home being as like green as possible with like um recovered materials versus you know when we go um like when, when we went to scotland and we started hiking for this bothy and it turned out to be absolutely disastrous um and that was like one of the, our defining moments in like the trips that we've been on if you know we were in the this peak of scotland it's dark it's raining we're totally lost it would have been really easy to like probably like cry out of panic but we were like okay like let's formulate a plan and like let's just do it and let's get back to the car because there's salt and vinegar pringles in the car and i want the <laughs> fucking pringles <laughs> um or it could just be like camping essentially in your own backyard or like going up to Algonquin. Um, so it can, it's, it's what you make it. It's not necessarily like adventures, like going on vacation or um, going camping. It's, it's challenging yourself and to find something new or, or discover something new about something, nice. uh, an aspect that you already are familiar with. Curious, curiosity, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Cool. And so with respect to your latest adventures, what, uh, what's been some of the highlights? Um, I like, I, I have to say when we, um, probably my favorite trip of like this year that we've been able to go on, um, when we went to Hawaii and we lived out of like, there was five of us total and we lived out of, um, 19, I think they were like 
84 and 85 maybe models of uh, Volkswagen Vanagons. So there was nice. five of us that just like ripped around Kauai, like living in a van, eating um, poke. Oh my God. For like every meal possible. Nice. Oh, it was awesome. It's a van life. Van life. Yeah. And getting a glimpse <laughs> into that, which is way harder than I think that people give it credit for like we were only in a van for like a week but three people in a van or even two people in a van um there's a lot of stuff that doesn't have a spot I'm sure it would kind of get easier as you go and you like settle in and you you know yeah um and maybe don't live in a vanagon which is small and people you know have like a so what's uh, I'm not familiar with vanagon Uh, what size is that how much that um rental cost you like how much is it compared to like size wise compared to westphalia uh it's about the same okay it's about the same it's got the pop top with the little bed that kind of folds out up there okay and then the back seat folds into like a bed um that i fit in it was tight for two people for sure and ryan's like six four so his like shins Mm. and feet were hanging off um the whole time which was funny um but yeah, like it can physically sleep like four people. Would, would you want to live in a van with four people? Mm-hmm. Probably not. Um, but it was interesting living a week um, doing the van life thing and like having meals. We didn't cook anything on the um, like little kitchen set thing because we didn't really know how to turn it on. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> we kind of, that's okay. We just ate like uh, Hawaiian pizza with like island pig on it and like seafood the whole time. It's amazing. That's pretty cool. It was really fun. So for people who want to try van life, how much does it cost to rent one of those in um, Kauai? And you were in which island? We were on Kauai. Kauai? So Can you describe the island a little bit? Um, it's it's more of the garden island, so it's more of the adventure island. So um, I would say the other ones are a little bit more touristy. Like when you go to Maui, that's, you know, you have the bigger resorts and you have the bigger hotels and you kind of have a bit more of, I don't want to say a manufactured experience because I haven't gone to the other islands so I don't really know what it's like but just judging on um, the experience that we had in Kauai and what we knew of the other islands Kauai was more of the um, garden island it's more of it feels like a small town sort of mm-hmm. everywhere you go um, so even in like the north part of the island like the north shore which tends to I feel like Mark Zuckerberg has a house there oh, does he? somewhere yeah. on the north shore and like Ben Stiller has a house there mm-hmm. um so you definitely get more of a commercialized feel because there's like a beautiful golf course. Of course, I think Queen's Bath is also on the North Shore. Um, but then when you go to the south end of the island, like it's a lot more. Um, we actually, our van broke down in a parking lot. The wheel was not at a straight up and down angle. It was kind of like at a 45. Oh, wow. And we're like, we probably shouldn't drive on this because if it falls off, I guess who's going to have to pay for it? We will. Um, so we were like trying to get a hold of the lady that rented the vans actually just through Airbnb. I think her name is Lida L E E D A. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for the week we ended up, it was like 900 or like $1,100 or something like that. So it was very reasonable because that's, that's your accommodation cool. yeah. and your car. Transportation. And other than like the West part of the Island, which the roads weren't quite as, um, paved and nice as the rest of the island mm. like you could basically go up and down the coast as much as you wanted and you just like pull off and sleep yeah. and yeah it's really cool so I was in uh Kauai a few years ago mm. too so uh picture 
um, King Kong. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. In Gilligan's, Jurassic Park. Yes. Because they film out there too. Gilligan's Island. Yeah. So this place really has no stores. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not too many. No big box stores no. at all. It's all like locally owned. And a bunch of chickens running all over the place. So many fucking chickens so <laughs> that's how you get woken up whether you like it or not at 6 30 in the morning roosters yeah. roosters yeah. everywhere yeah it's pretty weird it's yeah it's so lush and like the community is so like they really support each other and there's always like a market or um there's like a cool like restaurant and like it's so such a unique place in such a beautiful climate because you get like the the weather of hawaii and like the amazing beaches but a lot less of the crowds which is what uh, everyone that we were going with were uh really into is not you know having to like jostle with yeah. a bunch of other like tourists to find a spot to pull off in camp essentially on the side of the road did you do the nepali coast bridge trail no we um outdoorsy things did you do there we the one that we did on the uh, napoli coast was the i think it was the kalalau ridge trail or around the kalalau um we were going to check out this one lookout um and we were like getting out of the car and like sunscreening up because we all burn like nobody's business Uh, and then we saw like these five like middle-aged sweaty guys just like stumble out of seemingly dense brush and we're like hey like where did you guys come from they're all high-fiving each other and looking really stoked and we're like hey what is like what's going on like what's up with you guys Mm -hmm. like oh there's this super sweet trail Mm -hmm. it's so beautiful there's like nobody else on it like you guys should totally do it because we're just gonna do this lookout and do this other long hike and we're like you know what let's check it out might as well Mm -hmm. and then it ended up being like the most beautiful I'm a little biased because we got engaged on that trail also. <laughs> a little biased, but... Oh, I did that. I just pulled up a picture. Yeah. So I we essentially si- ended up like on top of one of those little... Ridges. Ridges. Yeah. And you're looking at oh, this... beautiful. And it was incredible. That. And yeah. the hike there, it was like probably like 25 or 30 minutes. So it starts off like straight down and you're like climbing down these like slippery... I don't know, like little dirt and bankments I guess Mm -hmm. and then it ends up being like this grassy and then it's got low brush and there's like a super steep cliff on the one side there's wild boar in that area oh okay probably (laughs) yeah they hunt for that there yeah 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 we had a Hawaiian pizza with (laughs) island pig on it and it was amazing like I don't like Hawaiian pizza and that pizza made me like Hawaiian pizza it was like island pig oh my god it's pretty stunning that was my first exposure to uh ridge hiking because mm. we were with a guide for the whole day and it was like an eight-hour hike um and essentially we were on top of the ridge where you could look over one way and the other and it was a three thousand foot drop yep. and death pure death yeah and the other one was like still a drop but it's a little bit you know you'd Gradual. tumble yeah you'd hit something but you'd tumble and you'd yeah. probably live but yeah death on the one side it's like yeah. a little bit of danger and you're yeah. like oh this is a little little spicy i like this yeah <laughs> cool <laughs> what I thought you might want to ask a question. Well, you're having a good conversation. Yeah. I mean, how long were you there for? We were there for nine days. So essentially we got there, um, got the van. We ended up actually staying uh, at the same campground. uh, I think it was in the North Shore pretty much the whole time because they had hot Mm -hmm. showers. And like a day in like the Hawaiian heat with like sunscreen and sweat. And you just feel like so gross. I need to shower. And like normally when I'm hiking, I like being disgusting. So how many days can you go hiking without a shower? 
It depends on the climate. If it's like hiking in the bush here, I can go a whole trip and I'll be like, nope. What's a whole trip for you? Um, a weekend or like five days? Like four or five days. Like I would comfortably, I, I, I like having that like, you know, you're in the bush and you're just like dirty and you feel at one with, I don't know, you just like feel it more in tune. Because if you're, if you yeah. smell like fruity soap, I don't know. It, it's not the same. No. And like, I like it. Just a little, a fine layer of dirt. Yeah. Just enough, you know, not that you're like physically covered in dirt. You're not like pig pen or anything yeah, like yeah. that. But I, I think it, I think it acts like a little bit of sunscreen. Absolutely. Just this fine layer of dirt. <laughs> and if you really feel disgusting, go for a swim. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what's the longest you've gone without showering? Um, are we talking like also included is my teen years where I was like two punk rock for life or no, on a trip? On a trip. On okay. Um, I'd say like four, four days. And you, Catherine? Jeez. Uh, Do you include bathing in a river? I guess not. I'd, yeah. Because we did that. Using soap. We're not using soap. You're just like in the water. Right? Yeah. And sometimes it wasn't even on purpose. You just fell over. <laughs> <laughs> Um, shit. Uh, let me think here. Maybe four or five days. Um, that's well, where, I mean, but I'm trying to think of when we were in Utah. Well, when we were I in had the full shot, like full on shower with the soap and shampoo in uh, Grand Canyon, Canyon, which was the end of the trip. Day eight. Yeah. But before that, I mean, we got into the water and if you can get into the water and just rub yourself down, then mm -hmm. I consider that bathing. Yeah. Still wearing the same clothes. Yeah, you go back into the dirty clothes <laughs> with a, like a slightly less smelly body. Yeah. Just get, you know, marina wool. <laughs> <laughs> and then it makes that, like, that shower right at the end of the trip feel that much better because yeah. you can physically just like feel yourself shedding. I love that. Oh, it's yeah. the best. I love that feeling. So he fantasizes about food on the trail. <laughs> I fantasize about that feeling of water on your You're face. Like, I yes. love that feeling. Yeah. That's such a nice and like really getting into your scalp and getting all those like little dirt granules. Yeah. And you're like, oh, is that a bug? <laughs> like, yeah, hope that's not. Is that yeah. attached to me? That's not a tick, is it? Yeah. <laughs> there, there, but there, I, I think that's one of the biggest things with doing anything that's a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, is that then you appreciate, mm -hmm. right? Like if you've been cold, you appreciate being warm. You know, if, if you thirsty you appreciate having a cold drink you know when everything's just right at your fingertips mm -hmm. you, you don't appreciate anything like like the most joyous showers I've, I, I can remember in recent times was like hiking the AT and nine days and then I get to take a shower mm -hmm. and I think I took a 45 minute shower oh yeah <laughs> like no I ran hot out water of hot for water. anyone else yeah yeah um, but it was one of those things where, cause it's just, you're, you're, uh, it's just like, uh, you know, like the, bliss. that, that grime, you know, cause yeah, you might do some, you know, a little bit of a wipe down with some wet wipes not here the and same. there. No. <laughs> Pins and parts, not the same. It, it is not. So, so, but, uh, but you appreciate it. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. Like a partly why, like I fantasize about food, you know? Yeah, because uh, you can't have it yeah. when you're hiking. And you're you like, oh, I just want like a pizza or like bun, a warm bun with butter. It doesn't have to be fancy. It's just like the little things that you're like, I would give anything for that. And then as soon as you get off the trail, like you go to like McDonald's or something and just like get that 
salt fat thing that you were craving and then it's like pure bliss yeah. then you have a shower after and then it's double bliss <laughs> it's very joyous yeah but i hear yeah like when we were on our grand canyon sorry the uh, yukon utah <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> the utah canyon backcountry trip mm-hmm. um for something so unfamiliar it felt very familiar mm-hmm. to be a dirt bag and i mm-hmm. loved it and then when i was rock climbing recently i came back my hands were dirty i spent the whole day and a half learning how to rock climb with this instructor and i remember coming back to once and i'm like this was like look at my hands and i was going to do a post on this because i'm like this is like my version of going to the spa <laughs> okay my nails done except my hands are all dirty i feel, I feel like i've really taken care of myself <laughs> So, yeah, but I love watching, um, following your Instagram because I was saying earlier, um, I love seeing people going on adventures and there's mm-hmm. this one photo of you standing on something like a Jeep in a desert. Oh Talk yeah. That. So that was, was like the Mad Max. Yeah. That was like our, my kind of like Mad Max adventure. That was when we were in, uh, Wacachina in Peru. Um, it was, we essentially did a bucket list trip because I'd always wanted to do Machu Picchu and like see Peru because it was just so high on my list. So we did that and then we kind of toured i think we went from lima um and got on i'm trying to remember the name of the bus line it was like go peru or uh peru hop i think it was actually so he picked us up outside of our um little hostel in lima and then we made our way um to wakachina which is like a true desert oasis in the middle of peru which is really cool because it's all around this lake and um it's kind of touristy but that's not necessarily a bad thing because like as you go farther out the little bodies of water that are still kind of stuck in the sand are super polluted and they're just like chock full of garbage and um we did this dune buggy tour which we had read that it was like a total must do and it's like you know this crazy experience so we get in and it's this very mad max style dune buggy um and like the seat belt didn't really fit me because it had it was like kind of you know when you're in the car and you try to go forward and the seat belt locks and then you mm-hmm. you know try to put it back and then it keeps locking so it was locked in a for a bigger person so i was kind of like holding it it's <laughs> like oh i'm sure this is Hang fine on like this is totally fine and so we're going really slow and we're like oh my god we got the dud we got the dud driver like he's just gonna go slow the whole time and these other dune buggies are like ripping around and people are like screaming because it's like so fun so we get to this place where we get to do sandboarding and um ryan and i like we both uh i snowboard and he skis so we rented these because they kind of give you these basic sandboarding things with, you know, the Velcro your feet in, but the Velcro's kind of all pooched and covered in sand, so it doesn't really go. And we thought that we were going to be fancy, so we rented these other, like, actual, like, snowboarding type and skiing type gear. So I learned very quickly that um, sandboarding is nothing like snowboarding with a mouthful of sand within the first like six seconds <laughs> and I was like oh my god it's gonna be so easy like I've totally got this let me because Ryan and I pretty much just started dating so I was like let me just show off real quick and I have some really like hilariously stupid GoPro videos because I thought I was just gonna like shred and like you know do this little stop at the end and I was gonna look so cool and like I immediately started going and then I fell because the sand is so obviously a lot more dense than the snow and you can't really shred 
sand all that well so <laughs> i think i ended up and you had your mouth open and you mouth, it was in like my ears it was in my pants it was like everywhere i found it for quite some time after so you know he takes you to these dunes and you you go down these dunes a couple times and it's super fun um and then uh after you know he drives you back and he's like do you guys in broken english like do you guys want to go faster and we're like hell yeah like let's go so he taps this sign it's like tips for driver and i was like yeah like let's go oh my god is that peru sand no <laughs> it's from the sahara though oh cool i'm pretty sure it is i thought you'd get a kick out of it you oh that's just so touch fun it as you're telling your story <laughs> oh my god that's so fun yeah we want to uh, go to the go to morocco really bad or maybe that, no that's australia Oh, that's so fun. Australia I gotta start doing Sarah. that. Anyway, I collect dirt and rocks. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. that's a fun hobby, though. Um, so yeah, so he taps the sign. It's like tips for driver, and we're like, okay, like here's whatever American, like let's go, friend. Like, so uh, this is totally his like ploy to get more tips. So he, you know, lures you into this false sense of like, oh my gosh, we got the lame driver. Like, boo, this sucks. And then you know you want to go faster so you give him extra tips than maybe the other drivers get so he kicks it like all the fucking way to 10 so we're like catching air over dunes it feels like you're on a roller coaster because he's going oh, like wow. over top of these dunes cresting them and like i swear to god we're going like 45 degrees at least straight down my seatbelt doesn't fit keep this in mind so every yeah. time we catch some air i physically catch air so i'm coming off the seat I have my GoPro at the window and you're just getting pelted in the face with like really hot air and sand. So it's in your mouth, it's in your eyes. And like, <laughs> I'm just like squealing like this little tiny child um, and like trying to spit out mouthfuls of sand at some point and somebody loses their phone because they're, you know, holding it out, trying to capture all of the fun. But like we rewatch the videos and it doesn't capture like the i thought we were gonna flip it it's like oh this is how we die like this yeah. is it this is gonna be written on our tombstones like well it <laughs> died in peru like crazy driver but it was like if anyone's going to peru and you're like oh should i go you know outside of cusco and you know do something other than machu picchu i would definitely recommend um Wakachina. i think they do uh you have the option of an overnight I think it's an overnight stay in Paracas, which is really nice. It's somebody, uh, it's like a little beach town. So it's kind of like a nice. little Peruvian Grand Bend almost, but a lot mm -hmm. smaller. Um, we like set up and, you know, I'm trying to pet the dogs because there's tons of stray dogs and I love dogs. And probably within like 10 minutes, someone's like, hey, do you want to buy some drugs? And I'm <laughs> like, nope, I don't want to end up in Peruvian jail. Like, let's get the fuck out of here. Um, but it was really cool. I found some... Um, I had the best churros of my life there, which like, you give me a good churro and I'm a happy girl. So um, the best what? Churros. churros. What's that? It's like this fried dough stick covered oh, in cinnamon and sugar and with like this dulce, oh. I think it's, dul is it dulce to leche yeah. dip? Gotcha. It's like caramel. Mm. It was like, oh, it had caramel in it. And they're kind of like a little bit flaky and crunchy. Deep fried. There's, yeah. So good. It was like the best. It's two soles. It's, it's kind of like a Mexican donut. Yeah, but it's in, not a, like in a, donut, a stick. But a stick. Oh, that's so good. Have you ever been in the desert, like uh, camped in the desert or adventured? Aside from. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was say, didn't you guys do Utah? How about didn't you guys, Utah, Nevada, Arizona? Oh my God. Really you know, those places. Yeah, I, I you've went somewhere exotic. Other <laughs> <laughs> than there. I mean, culturally exotic, different. 
Again, Utah. haven't you ever? <laughs> Utah, it's all goddamn Mormons. Yeah, but the, the best barbecue I have ever had in my life. Yeah. <sighs> it was, uh, where were we? I was going to do a post on it because I took this like beautiful portrait of this. It was essentially like um, a Utah poutine sort of. So it's like pulled pork on these, um, I think they're called like dollar chips or something like that. But they're, oh my God, they're so good with like coleslaw on it and like, oh. Where was this? I can't remember the name of it. It was the first place we had barbecue. Oh, I'll do a post about it and... Ryan has all the list of the places that we have oh. eaten at because we like to reminisce about the food that we've had. <laughs> yeah. Um, totally. Yeah, I'll do a post and I will tag that place because it was delicious. It was this tiny little barbecue place that... Like what town were you in? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, She's probably visit over 200 places. She doesn't have your memory. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like she I should. remembers the food. It remembers the food, and I remember the cool, cool stuff that we did. Some of the best photos I've ever taken has been in the desert. Oh, yeah. Like in uh, Tunisia. We were there in <gasps> 2003. Oh, wow. So post 9-11 and kind mm. of sketch. A lot of Americans wouldn't have gone there. But it was at the same latitude as Iraq. So mm. when you land there, you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> and you see all these buildings with blown out second stories. And you're like, okay, what, what, do, what did we just get ourselves into? Yeah. And um, we were at a resort. Typically, that's not my style. I like to explore and just go on road trips. Mm-hmm. That's what we did in the Yukon. And But in this case, we stayed at the resort because we didn't know the culture. Mm-hmm. But we did take a tour into the desert, Sahara. And we went, chose Tunisia because that's where Star Wars was filmed. We had to go see where the troglodytes live because they actually, they're natives that actually do live there. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, some of the pit stops were like one building in the middle of nowhere in the desert with the second story blown out. And they're like, this is a good place to stop and get coffee. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay. But, you know, a desert <laughs> oasis, a rock oasis. Yeah. We had a kid, very classic. I, sh- I wish I had a video of this. We're on camels doing the sunset tour. This kid out of nowhere shows up with a bucket full of ice and a Coca-Cola. So classic. It's like $10 it for that? I will pay that. That looks <laughs> delicious. It was fun. It was beautiful photography, though. Mm. Yeah. 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 When yeah. we uh, were in Arizona, like, it was the same. Like, we were at Monument Valley, and it was just, mm. like, beautiful yeah. and perfect. And so is Tunisia where they did um, film this Tatooine? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yes. Yeah, it's basically sort of the, in the northern Sahara that's so fun. Yeah. That's so wild. Yeah, it was pretty neat. It was beautiful. I highly recommend going there, but not now. There's been too much unrest there in the past yeah, four years. Yeah, basically Morocco's about as... F- it's like next door to Libya, right? Morocco is so. the next place to go to, I believe. I mean, yeah. I think Morocco is quite safe. A lot of people... Because we were going to go to Morocco or Tunisia, but Tunisia's where Star Wars was filmed, so we went there. Yeah, but you're next door to Algeria and Libya, and who wants to even be near to that? Right, and that's pretty scary. Yeah. Yeah. Na- na- it basically, you don't want to be like white, affluent-looking people, you know, in kidnapped yeah. territory. Well, we could see the mountains where. Yeah, the Atlas Mountains. The Atlas Mountains. Yeah. Yeah, that's in northern Morocco. Yeah. yeah. No. Well, it extends over to um, Tunisia. What yeah. mountains is it there as well? That's yeah. the Atlas. Yeah. It's yeah. like. Yeah. So it, it, basically, you run into the thing where the culture is sort of the, not sort of a big motivator for me as far as the traveling goes. Mm. I'm looking for the, I think is why I keep going back to the States all the time. Gotcha. They've got all the playground yeah. with none of the hassles. You're right, but I, I, <laughs> I love the cl- none of the hassles. 
I mean, it's got some. Pardon? It's got some hassles. Like I, I, I maybe not necessarily the spots where you go to like backpack, but uh, I don't know. That's a whole. Let's keep going. No. You know. Well, but I, I guess more what I run into because we're pretty much everything we're doing is backcountry. Um, <laughs> even if you're in bumpkin backwoods, uh, like you know areas where you you would be diametrically politically opposed to sort of what the people think, you never see them. <laughs> so, That's true. That's um, very true. It's like when we were, we were in Hammersley for our um, our first backpacking trip with all of the people at Sail. Um, as we were walking from the car to the trailhead, all you can see, like every house has a Confederate flag and you're like, Oh, interesting. And so we popped in the, um, this one like little bar that was open on like a, on good Friday at like 2 PM as any good bar is. Yeah. Um, and I remember like, as you come in, it was e- either into the bar. Or out it was, the, it was on the, on the door uh, when you walked in. You out. know, exactly. It was like a fuck Jane Fonda sticker, like right eye level. It's a, yeah. And Jane, like, Jane. Yeah. Fonda. Fuck Jane Fonda. Like, traitor bitch. Yes. That's what it was. <laughs> oh, really? And I was like, who? Jane Fonda, like the exercise tape lady. And so as we're walking in the trail, I asked Winston, I was like, why do these people hate Jane Fonda? And then you explained it to me. And I was like, oh. It's from the <laughs> Vietnam War. Oh, they're still mad about that. <laughs> oh, okay. You know, because they called her Hanoi Jane because she went and visited North North Vietnam. And, you know, she was anti-war. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and you know we we don't have none of that around these parts. Mm-hmm. Apparently, sit well with uh, the locals enough the, that there was still a very large sticker on the door that somebody would go to the trouble of make a sticker. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, um, I actually love what I get love the most about mm-hmm. travel is um, other cultures. So mm-hmm. I, sometimes I wonder if I should have gotten into anthropology. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was younger going to school I went to school for international business because I really wanted to get into diplomacy mm-hmm. right um, I just love other cultures picking up what I love the way they live their life and, p- and adopting it um, other than that our humanitarian work would have been interesting and I know that um, Katie's doing that which is fantastic mm-hmm. I'd love to hear more about her story but um, yeah that's what I really enjoy I enjoy getting to know the people but I'd love to go to do the Annapurna Trail yeah in Nepal yeah, and then where you stay in hostels. It's where where she bought a map and then stole a map. I didn't steal it. I unconsciously Did took it. I took it back the next day. Yeah, so I'm like, she unstole oh, it. Oh, oh bless yeah. her heart. That's so yeah. sweet. Oh, yeah. That's so yeah. nice. Yeah. Well, when you walk out of with the store, uh, walk out of the store without paying for something, what's that called? <laughs> no, I didn't intentionally do it. You. <laughs> I didn't, and, and I'm like, why is that in my glove compartment? That's weird. So oh, at least you took it yeah. back and you oh, were yes. like, oh, I'm sure. just busting her balls. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't take it seriously. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I love, so I think I share that with you a little mm-hmm. bit about the curiosity of other cultures and, uh, yeah. Like I always want to like, whenever we go somewhere, like I want to eat the food, mm-hmm. I want to see the landscape and like the thing I really liked about Scotland is like, oh, we're going to go to a pub. Let's have some scotch. Let's listen to some music. Um, let's like walk around and like see see what's going on because southwestern ontario for me having grown up here doesn't hold a lot of like spicy interest for me like i feel like you know because i've spent the much better part of 30 years in this area it's like i've you know been there done that like even going up to algonquin like i love 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 algonquin but 
to get a good backcountry spot it's like three four hours away mm-hmm. so uh we're moving out to um vancouver island in two months actually pretty much the day um so i think one of the first things that we're going to do out there because we're going to be there for six months is we're going to do the west coast trail because we've nice. like had it in our minds for so long but we when we were out there last year um we it was more of i don't say it was like a business trip but it was like to see family not necessarily we didn't have you know 10 days yeah. to hike the trail but that's on the docket i just want to hike everything and eat everything that they kind of go hand in hand because they do because um, when you when you hike everything, it means you can eat everything or that you're being a giant fat ass. That's right. You know. And even if you're not hiking, like, I'm still going to eat everything anyway. Yeah. How long does the West Coast Trail take uh, on I average? F- I feel like it's like nine or ten days. Yeah. yeah that one's I hear never, it's beautiful. Yeah. I've never had much of an attraction for that one because it's too flat. I hear it's flat, but the coastline's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very remote. I grew up on the coast, different coast, but, yeah. you know, so it's like, eh. Look, it's wet. <laughs> but where are you going on your honeymoon? Uh, we're actually going to be doing um, Switzerland and Northern oh, Italy. Yeah. I've been so. to Switzerland. <sighs> oh, where are you going in Switzerland? We're flying into Zurich. And then okay. I feel like we are staying in Interlaken for five days. And okay. then just like having a car and doing day trips out to... I know we're going to Gruyere. Um, we're just like starting to nail down official, I guess, our official like travel plans. Because mm-hmm. um, we just got married a month ago. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, and then Ryan's writing his last exam of his post-secondary education on September 6th. Okay. So um, before the wedding, like essentially all that either of us had the brain space for was just like get through the wedding day and then we can start planning the honeymoon. But uh, yeah, we're going to be in Switzerland for five days mm-hmm. and then spend, I think, like 13 days um, just going to, I think we went to Milan for a couple of days, Florence okay. for like three or four, we're going to uh, Cinque Terre, I'm not oh, saying wow. that right, but we're going to be there, I think, for two okay. days. Yeah. Um, we're going to do the, we've got to do Venice, got to do Venice once. To Venice, yeah. So you're going to explore the cities and mm-hmm. the countryside. Yeah. Switzerland is so gorgeous. I was visiting um, some friends in Schweiz, um, mm-hmm. northern part of um, Switzerland, and they their backyards, the mountains. Oh. Um, it is so... I don't think my jaw has ever been dropped that long. And I was there for three days, and it was the most fabulous hiking. The first day was up the mountain. Super steep. One side of the mountain was fine. The other side, it was um, shady complete ice and it was like a good it was class three class four Mm -hmm. it wasn't class four train where you had to use all hands Mm -hmm. because you had a cable but if you were to fall you go over the edge so all of a sudden we all looked at each other like okay (laughs) and you had had no crampons we didn't have crampons on oh boy and there were people there with their families and kids and there's a guy that does it every day at the route and it's about um 2500 feet of climbing that's so much climbing. I've never done that much climbing, like that elevation, that grade. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next day, I mean, there, everything's at a, an incline. So everybody's in great shape. Oh, yeah. And in the, on this trail, there's like a little fridge, I kid you not, like on the trail with cheese and, and oh. produce or whatever people wanted to buy. It was all by the honor system. It was so cute. That's amazing. Yeah. Huh? It's beautiful. I there. guess somebody must walk it up every day. <laughs> I suppose, like you go from one area to another, but it is the most drop-dead gorgeous place I've ever seen. And we and they were on by a river, so we hiked. The next hike was like three people's backyards, and so 
Wanderlust, right, I think is German, mm-hmm. and it means to love to travel, but it, it's these trails that, that um, do cut through people's properties, and that's just law, and they have a lot of firewood at places that you can just go and have a fire. That's so nice. But that trail was right through the people's properties, and then we came home by boat, and then the next day was just um, hiking in the area, and it was meeting the farmers, and we got to stay in there barn because it was raining or whatever you know it, w- it was really amazing good food good cheese yeah I'm, oh my God. I'm very Expensive. excited for the cheese <sighs> yeah gotta try it while you're there though yeah yeah I'm pretty excited for Switzerland I think we're gonna try to do um just like some day hikes I like it would be nice to do like some overnight stuff but we're flying like the spirit airlines of okay. Europe so yeah. then <laughs> like we have to pay like out the ass for a lot of our like if we're gonna bring much baggage so we're just going to try to pack light. So just like your, you know, hiking boots, some layers and stuff. But it would be nice to um, go back and actually have like some overnight. You can imagine like camping. How would you even camp on the side of a mountain? So here's the thing. Switzerland, I was just going to mention, mm. they don't have camping like we do. You have to stay in chalets. Oh. It's a hut to hut system. It's a hut to hut. And I don't That's even know adorable. if it's open then. I don't. I don't know. I'm sure there's got to be. Mm-hmm. I'd be prepared to pay quite a bit of money. That makes sense. Yeah, they got the little huts yeah. along the way. Yeah, because you can't really set up. It's well, very you can, tender. Uh, no, you can't. Well, you know, it, but you can always find a place to set up a small tent, right? It's a, a little flattish spot. You know, a shelf. Like no, it's not allowed. I'm looking. I remember the rules. Oh yeah, I, they might not have it allowed, but but on a mountain you can. You got to keep your eye out, but you can find spots to set up. They're pretty strict. I know. I'm saying I I understand in Switzerland is not allowed, but Emily also was saying that on a mountain, where do you set up your camp? Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Right. So, yeah, it's basically not as easy as just a flat forest, Mm -hmm. but you know, you you sort of keep an eye out for those levelish ledges and um, Mm -hmm. little plateau terrace bits, Mm -hmm. and. You might not have a whole lot of real estate, but it, sometimes it's between two rocks, you know. But if it fits and you can get a, you know, your sleeping pads in, then you got a place to sleep. If it fits, I sit, yeah. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that, because if you think it's like everybody like alpine climbing that's on multi-day expeditions, they just sort of find a place to set it up. You sleep on a ledge, you you do whatever you got to do. That's true. Um, like there's a, there's a funny picture right now. Because I forget which jungle she's in, but Sasha de Julian. Mm-hmm. I saw that photo. I'll bring it up. Yeah, basically they're 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 trying to do a first ascent up this tower in a jungle, like rock climbing, and you know it's been raining and it's really hard to climb in the rain, mm-hmm. and everything's chossy and loose. Basically, they made camp on this ledge, uh, and you know they're cold, they're wet. There and it is. There's camp. And they're right up. <laughs> they're yeah. just lying, you know, like using each other as a pillow. <laughs> oh, my God. You yeah. know, like there's three of them up there. That's crazy. I wonder if that's live coverage. Wow. Hard to say. Yeah, unless she's posted after the fact. That's crazy. Way cooler if it was live. <laughs> it all the, it, basically, a lot of them will do that. It's just it all depends whether you have yeah. cell coverage that you can actually send the, the images out. From oh, the look, wall. that's what they climbed. Oh, wow. Isn't that stunningly beautiful? It looks like a thumb. It does. It's like straight up and down. Very big thumb. Very big thumb. Yeah, I forget which, which, whether it's South America or somewhere that she's in, but like she's a straight up savage, like the the stuff that she climbs. 
That's uh, crazy. You know. Top of the 12th. I don't know what. Oh, that's the 12th pitch. Catherine knows what six pitches are like. Yes, I guess I have done that now, eh? <laughs> Is that what? Yes, that's what um, Chapel Pond Slab was. Yep. Holy fuck. I was not. I was. You know what it was? I was overwhelmed with adrenaline for five hours. That's a bit much. Yeah, it wasn't technically hard. But just that feeling of, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, you know? Do you ever get that way? I've only climbed once outside and the whole, like, the reason I started climbing was because I was so afraid of heights. Um, so we were doing, it was like, it was with like uh, was Kiana and Sam and well, just you a came, bunch of You sail- came with Amabel and I too. Yes. I think mm. it, no, it was only one time that I climbed outside and the whole time I like... As soon as I got like 10 feet up, I was like, holy shit. Like your brain is like danger. Like, why are you doing this danger? Yeah. Cause you, you, you climbed to the st- outside at least twice. Cause there was like key Katie Brooks was there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we, we were at Buffalo Craig and bottle glass. And then you, me and Amabel climbed at Kelso the day that that lady rode her mountain bike off, off the cliff. cliff. No yeah. way. Um, yeah, we're like, oh, there's helicopters. I like, wonder, wonder if somebody's missing. No, somebody's... Yeah, we, we had thought that there was like a, oh, maybe an shit. accident on the 401 because the orange helicopter mm-hmm. and the yeah. news helicopters. Mm. Yeah, but it turned out that just up the cliff from where we were climbing, yeah. uh, somebody missed a corner and rode off the... Uh, Can you imagine that? Seeing a body fly over? Fuck. No. It was, luckily, we were in the chimney <laughs> at the we're time. Like, what's going on? <laughs> you know. Totally. Yeah. yeah. God. Yeah, that was nuts. And that's the thing. It's not just riding. Do we know was she just distracted, or did she lose control, or I don't know. Well, don't that know that particular trail down along the edge. Yeah. Is they've got signs saying "Don't mountain bike here." Gotcha. Right, because you're near the edge. Gotcha. Right, and it's rough terrain. Like you, you get a little bit of momentum and bump the wrong way. You can bounce. Yeah, yeah. it's hard to control. You you went mountain biking for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, this in year. Sedona, which uh, we were warned before that by someone who does a lot of mountain biking. It's one of the physicians that Ryan's works with that Ryan's like, oh, like, what's a good beginner trail in Sedona? And he goes, there aren't any. <laughs> and so we go, okay, let's try it. And Ryan's mountain bike before. I have not even like, I'm not one to go fast. I don't I'm very aware of my own mortality. If I ever take a big wipeout, like I'm, I'm, I'm just going to be crushed. Um, so like Ryan likes mountain biking. He knows how to like maneuver. He likes to go fast. I like a nice leisurely ride and you, you can't really do that mountain biking on not a beginner trail because then you're going, um, down rock with like cactus on either side and, you know, very dense, brush and we saw a coyote so i was way like way behind and i was like oh good i'm gonna get eaten now i'm gonna fall off my bike <laughs> into a like a big cactus and i'm gonna be like crying and bleeding and then i'm gonna get eaten by a coyote or something like that um so long story short i essentially for like three and a half hours and baking the sun because it was like 40 degrees we started mountain biking <laughs> we started off at 11 o'clock in the morning which <laughs> is not the thing to do if you are going into the desert doing a very strenuous activity. Yeah, because what time of year? Um, this was in June. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> almost as hot as you could get it, we were doing that. So, we're to get there from the, like, little mountain bike office, you had to bike up a hill. And Ryan is wearing um, a long sleeve, like, zip-up mountain warehouse, like, 
almost a sweater and we're biking 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 straight up this hill and i was like ryan you really need to take that off like you are gonna pass out and he's like no it's fine i don't want to stop i was like okay like can you drink water like you're looking pretty you're looking a little rough there my friend and we had like we're 20 minutes into this ride so we get to the top and as soon as we get off of the road into the sand i immediately like i was going at a good clip i immediately just fall right over with the bike on top of me and i like cut my ankle and like i bruise and i'm now i'm covered in red sand and sweaty so it's stuck to me so i look ridiculous and ryan's super nauseous because he's like an inch away from heat stroke because he biked 20 minutes straight up a hill in like a long sleeve sweater so we're both already like not doing so hot um once we i took a minute to like regroup so I was like, no, this is, you know, biking's, this is going to be hard, but it's going to be really fun. And, you know, this is a, it's a new adventure. And turns out I hate mountain biking um, because I ended up, it was a lot of things to maneuver. So the seat up and down and the gears and you have to, you know, remember to lean back or you're going to, you know, go ass over tea kettle on a little downward hill. Um, but I ended up having to pick cactus spines out of my toe because I oh, was wow. wearing Tom's mountain biking, which is not a very appropriate not shoe. Shoes. No, and I learned that the hard way, Winston. <laughs> I had to pick cactus spines out, and Ryan was nice enough that he, you know, he would ride ahead and wait for me to like come by. At, I was like a grandma mountain biking, um, and I ended up falling into a sagebrush and like landing on like a bunch of branches and so my like left thigh had this very large um very painful bruise for the next couple of weeks after that um and i uh <laughs> when you're in the desert you even if you don't like something you're kind of screwed because there's only one way back and you're already halfway so guess what you're going to continue biking for the next two hours and you're going to hate every second of it <laughs> <laughs> But, you, you know, you don't really have a choice. And so the whole time, Ryan's, like, biking ahead of me, and he keeps hearing me mutter stuff. And he's like, are you talking to me? And I was like, no, no, I'm, I'm talking to myself. And we stopped for, like, a snack break. And he was like, what are you, like, what are you saying? And I was like, I'm trying to psych myself up that I like this. So the whole time, I'm biking and, like, pedaling along. <laughs> and I'm like, you like this. This is so fun that you don't hate this at all. You're having a great time. Like, this is going to be great. You're going to go down this rock hill. Oh, no, we're going to walk the bike. And you know what? That's okay. <laughs> Just trying to psych myself up. You're like, Pookie. I hated it. But I will try it again. Did um, you say it with a baby voice? No, <laughs> I was just like, nope, you're fine. You're doing great. Trying not to like bubble over with the frustration that this is something that I'm not good at immediately. It's uh, yeah. So that was type two fun. Um, <laughs> well, I, no, I think because type one fun is fun when you do it. Type two fun is a thing that was tough when you did it. But afterwards, you're like, wow, that was amazing. Type three fun is neither fun when you did it or fun afterwards. Type three. Type three. Definitely type three. No shadow of a doubt. And I was so glad to be done. And that yeah. was one of the times where it's like you're just so covered in sweat. You were doing that for four dirt. hours in <laughs> four, at the peak of the day mm -hmm. of heat. Mm -hmm. 40 degree temperatures. Yeah. But it's a dry heat. It's a dry heat. <laughs> <laughs> so the sweat that should be beating How much water off did of you, have you? On you? Just like, <laughs> no, uh, I think we had like four... 
at least three liters each no we had like four i think we had a three liter platypus and like a 900 ml nalgene wow. and i think we just finished it like coming close to the end of the hike because we were so thirsty and so dehydrated but you don't want to chug all of your water first because then you're gonna die for the next couple of hours and like we we don't have a map so we don't know how, where we are on the trail we're oh, just shit. kind of like going by like what this guy said so luckily we didn't end up going the super hard way it was kind of the the medium the hard easy, way yeah. but they didn't get lost. I I would have died out there. R.I.P. me. Like, I would have died for sure. Or I just would have quit and be like, no, I live here now. I am one with the desert. This is my home. So what's an example (laughs) of type two fun for you? Um, I would say the first day uh, in Peru, we did the Salcante Trek. Um, So essentially, you like start, you go through the Salcante Pass, and then you hike all the way to Aguas Caliente, and then you take the little bus up to Machu Picchu. Um, the first day of the Salcante hike was straight up a mountain at altitude. And so, mm. uh, from, I think it was a Cusco that it picked us up and I am a person that gets very car sick. And the day before I was like, should I buy gravel or like the Peruvian equivalent to whatever it was? I was like, no, I'm sure it'll be fine. It's a bus. I'm sure it's fine. So they pick, a, they pick us up at 4:30 in the morning and it's pitch black and the infrastructure in Peru, I would say, is not quite to what it is in Canada. So the roads aren't quite as nice. Um, so it's a little bumpy, which is fine, but it's pitch black outside. So it's like you're in this like space warp that there's no like street lamps because you're in the country in Peru. And next thing you know, we're going up a mountain. So it's a lot of like twisty, turny turns and you're going up and then you're turning again it's probably a good thing that you're not looking out the window oh i was but i couldn't open my mouth because i was gonna throw up like i for like two hours i was holding my mouth shut i was like oh no like there's no bag there's like nine other people on this bus i i'm i'm gonna throw up i'm gonna throw up on myself and we haven't even started i was like fuck (laughs) so we get there without um without accident i guess we'll say uh and then you know we're in this middle of this pasture Peru bus drops us off like waves us by they make us a little breakfast and off we go um but on this trip in peru that was right before i got altitude sickness for the first time ever and on that trip um but the first day it was just like straight up at altitude and I was like oh my god why am I doing this it was so hard I've never experienced something to that degree that you're straight up and you can't catch your breath because you're at altitude and being female you have less hemoglobin so you have you know less actual cells for the oxygen to bind to so you're you know aside from that being able to breathe well uh what else does it feel like um it's just like straight up because normally, you know, you're hiking a hill. You, I don't have much weight on my back. That wouldn't mm-hmm. be a problem. But at altitude, it just like takes, it just saps your energy and saps your breath. So you feel like you're always, you're trying to catch up. And like, I, like I'm in like pretty okay shape and I had to stop and take breaks. I was like, mine's going to have to drag me up this hill. Like I'm, this is, I'm never going to get there. Eventually we did. Um, but that was 
the whole day I was like why the fuck am I doing this like I paid money to do this why why did I do this and then afterwards I was like actually that was amazing because you know you're going through these um super lush green it's drizzly it's kind of like cloudy there was wild horses and like tons of goats and sheep and stuff it was so beautiful and there's these streams and you're you know at the when you go into the past you're like in this cloud and it goes from you know drizzly rain to now it's snowing on you and you know do this little side quest to see this lake at the top of this pass and it was just it was beautiful but that was definitely um type two fun going uphill for like hours on end like fuck this so Machu Picchu's um you start at what altitude and you climb how much I think the I know the what did we do I think we uh, we did Rainbow Mountain which was at the same altitude as Everest Base Camp holy shit Mm -hmm. it was that was the other time I got so that's like 16,000 feet yes um Salkante Pass I think was 12,000 so it's it was up there, but I um, I thought the first time I got altitude sickness was punishment. Mm. It was the second time that I was like my eyes were a little fuzzy, and I had the I felt like someone was splitting my brain open with an axe. Mm-hmm. And we got to the, like this little rest point coming down from um, Rainbow Mountain, um, and there was this like local guide, and he was like, "Oh, like you have altitude sickness?" And so I was like, "Yeah, man, like." do you have oxygen or like something? Cause I was taking acetazolamide and like nothing was helping. And he's like, Oh, I got just the thing. It's condor piss. I was like, I don't, it could be your piss, man. Like if that's <laughs> going to help me, like, I don't care. You just do it. I think it was, it, it smelled like black licorice, but he just like dumped it in his hands and like slapped me on either side of my head and just like rubbed it all over my face. And I was like, at this point, like, I don't care what it is. Like just make this headache go away. And of course it didn't work. <laughs> um, which is fine. that's really funny <laughs> and then the only thing that like how much did you pay for that i actually didn't have to pay for it i think because he was just like a dude i don't even know if he he could just be like a peruvian guy he might not have been a, like a local guy just like took this bottle of whatever and i was like hey do you want this on your face and i was like fuck yeah like i don't care what <laughs> like just put it on me <laughs> i was so desperate for the headache to stop um that i just let a stranger put a liquid on my face so i'm just looking at the picture of the rainbow mountain and i didn't realize until now what what it is it's absolutely stunningly beautiful so unbelievable for listeners who don't know what it is google it because it's a mountain that looks like it's sandy but it's just a bunch of colors from red to green to yellow and Mm -hmm. a little bit of purple what is that so the um i guess it's been like that for quite a few years initially i think it was covered in like snow and ice and then over the years as the planet gets warmer and warmer um it had melted so those lines so there's like red and yellows and when the light hits it right it's blues and greens Greens, it's all um metal deposits so the Mm. i think the the yellow is sulfur the red is copper no it's iron um and i think the greenish bluish one is copper um, so it's these like beautiful striped mountains. And when we first got up there, um, there, like it was snowing and it was kind of shitty and I was like, oh my God, this is beautiful. It, you know, doesn't quite look, I also had a splitting headache, but, um, <laughs> I was like, this is amazing. I don't think I can hike up this like little side quest. Like I'm just going to chill here. And then 
the sun came out and it just like blows your mind that you're seeing these like beautiful vibrant colors all around you it's not just like this little tidbit it's like all the way this way to the left and like all the way to the right and it wraps around and it's like as far as the eye can see and there's this um andean person just like walking around and no no native people like indian people wear shoes And Mm -hmm. it's cold as shit. So I don't know, like, I'm jealous of their circulation because my hands and feet are always freezing. But Mm -hmm. they're just, like, walking around and it's, like, wet and it's kind of chilly. No shoes, just, like, pants, maybe a jacket, just, you know, chilling. Um, So they're this guy in this super bright outfit with, like, I think he had, like, red pants and a yellow hat. And I just took a picture. It was, like, on my iPhone. And we have it framed at home because the colors were just so unbelievable. Um, so if anyone's planning a trip to Peru, definitely, um, do Rainbow Mountain. It's, it's a very punishing hike up as well. It's not very steep, but it's long and it's gradual. And the last, you know, 500 meters are a little bit more steep and you've already been hiking for like six hours. Um, so you basically have to crawl up because you're so exhausted and the air is so thin, but it was amazing. It was really cool. Oh, I got your picture. Is that it right there? Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Your photos, you know, you guys should check her. Definitely check Emily's Instagram out, the Backcountry Nurse. Your your photos are amazing. They're very inspiring. Yeah. I, um, For all the adventures you've done. Yeah. Like, I, that's the thing. I love looking back on it and I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, remember that? Because I can picture that moment in my mind because there was this little black dog that had followed us up and because, you know, they were lots of stray dogs in Peru, but these are very well-fed dogs because, you know, you give them your snack scraps. Mm -hmm. And uh, Ryan had gone like way up because he was, I think, having a better time with the uh, thin air than I was. So essentially like all on my own on the halfway up this like little side quest mountain. And, you know, it was kind of snowing a little bit and the clouds parted and that, that person was just like walking and it was like, wow, like the colors were so vibrant that I don't even think that there's a filter on that particular photo. Like that's exactly how like it was. It was amazing. <laughs> so you, um, how many times a year do you travel? As often as possible. Um, I would say we probably go on like a trip that requires a plane ride like three or four times usually and each trip is how long ish like when we went to uh utah and arizona that was 10 days when we did um hawaii that was nine days i would say usually like at least a week um ryan and i both are very fortunate to have the kind of jobs that allow for a lot of flexibility so we both work in healthcare. so i work full-time um as an er nurse so full-time in at my hospital's corporation is uh, two days, two nights, and then five off. And there's always people, you know, switching shifts and getting rid of shifts. And um, so it's really easy to get the time off needed to be able to go for longer stretches of time, which is really fortunate because we definitely, you know, working a regular nine to five kind of office job, we wouldn't be able to do or not do for long because they would probably fire us. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we have a lot of flexibility um had you not gone into nursing how would you make it work um honestly I don't really know I don't know what I would be doing if um I'd always figured that I was going to get into something relating to healthcare. so I was thinking about like respiratory therapy because that's what my dad was um or I was looking at like being a chiropractor or 
just something that involved being like one-on-one with a person and being able to provide care in different um, respects. I didn't go to post-secondary right out of um, high school. I took four years just to like do whatever. Like I didn't really have any idea what I wanted to do. Um, And then I ended up going to nursing and like luckily it's my jam. So I actually really like going to work. uh, But I also like not going to work and like going to do fun stuff. yeah, it's it all depends on what you deem is most important. So for me, it's a career that I really like, but also balancing it with um, being able to do the things that I want to do. So, you know, do we have, because we're just like renting a house. It's not like we own a house. A lot of, you know, what we have in our house is stuff that you know ryan had all throughout undergrad and um we have Uh like shitty ikea furniture that i had since you know i was growing up um because that's what we you know when we have our time off instead of having to you know work extra shifts to have you know pay for a big screen tv that we have in the house or like nice furniture not that our furniture is not nice but like you know a you know this beautiful like sectional or something like that um we just you know I don't want to have to work to pay for the things that I enjoy in my house. Like I don't really care about a couch mm-hmm. or, you know, a big screen TV or whatever. While we are able to travel and like do the hikes that we want to do and spend the time together experiencing things, I would rather segue our time and money into figuring that out. So for anybody working like a regular job, maybe it means if you really want to, go out and like travel as much as you can and you know travel for months on a shoestring or you know take a week off every couple of months and just like go do your thing you need to figure out whether your job like even have a conversation with your bosses because sometimes that can actually open up different um avenues that you might not have necessarily thought about like maybe they would be a little bit more accommodating yeah you know if you you know you'll have to put in maybe extra hours in this month but maybe you can have some extra time off next month or something you know i I think as people age they start to really appreciate um quality of life and you know what you do with your life and your time and so i think when they hear you have this dream ambition to go travel and take a break and go do something that you're really passionate about i can't at least i feel this way i couldn't help but think well that's really great like how can we make that happen and balance it with work Mm -hmm. and you know but i think people are could be open to it. Like, so where I work in um, business development, I travel a lot. So I, now I travel to New York and Boston. They're not exactly outdoor destinations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although Boston, there's a really good meetup there that I'm getting emails every day to go check out. You, you should talk to your company about uh, trying to develop a new business in Salt Lake City. Do you know what? That is not <laughs> my part of the country. I'm not kidding you. Like that is my other colleagues and we've been talking about, they, they need, there's a big show in Vegas of all fucking places, which is where we rock climb. And, you know, it's the jumping off point for adventures. And that's not my part of the country. And I'm like, but I'll do it. Yeah, I'm <laughs> like, but it's interesting. Actually, my line of work, I, I mean, it doesn't take much to find out mm-hmm. what, that people are also interested in outdoors. You'd ask them, oh, you're going on holidays. What's your thing? And mm-hmm. you hear people are going kayaking or they climb or like, oh, really? So do I, you know? And then your whole conversation ends up being on that. Mm-hmm but you get on with them, right? So 
Um, I think it can be possible. Mm-hmm. I think you got to pry. I, like I, I was always like that, mm-hmm. very similar to what you were saying. We spent our money on, I don't think we ever bought new furniture when mm-hmm. I had a house and we spent it all on vacations, you know, but that was my thing. I needed to go on a trip every year. That was my deal breaker for anybody, any relationship. <laughs> yeah. Like you got to. Well, now, now how many trips do you go on a year? I know it's so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. And people are like, do you work? Somebody asked me that last year. Like, do you, do you even work? Cause we were on, I'm like, those are long weekends, you know, yeah. cause all these pictures were coming in about mm-hmm. Mount. Well, that, that, that's the thing. Like I, I can't do, you know, too many, you know, 10 or two week long ones. But the thing that I love, and, and again, it's just sort of working out with where you work, is I can take Saturday and Sunday of one week as my days off that week, Monday and Tuesday of the next week as my days off that week. So now I got four days in a row. Mm-hmm. Use no. one vacation day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now I got five days. And then and do that around the holiday weekends. Now you got you used one vacation day and you got six days off. Yeah. We were just in the DAX and the last few vacations I've been on have been so relaxed. It's so good for you. Mm-hmm. Now you're hearing about uh, wa- uh, nature therapy or... Wilding therapy. Yeah, like it, it basically... Uh, it's people kind of... Uh, uh, making a healthcare choice. I don't know if you want to call it healthcare. Or doctors choice. prescribing, go spend time in nature. Yeah, but yeah. but the, but the whole thing of like, um, being told to go do something that we just do, right? Like it's mm-hmm. the yeah yeah, get out and play. Um, guess what? You know, like exercise is good for you, both physically mm-hmm. and mentally. Um, being outside. Wilderness therapy. Wilderness therapy. Okay. Uh, being outside. Uh, in green space has been shown to de-stress you, right? Um, and lower cortisol levels and, you know, all of these types of things. Totally. Right? Like, none of this is, like, rocket science. <laughs> but people, I think, have forgotten for the most part of, like, how how essentially, like, human nature used to be. So that, you know, being outside and, like, making stuff with your hands and experiencing um, nature used to be just, like, commonplace. And then, you know, things kind of progress to the point that now we have to be reminded to do those things um, and, like, go outside and, and really experience, you know, more natural things as opposed to, like, the dinging of your phone or, like, on Reddit for, like, two hours. And mm-hmm. cause I think you're a lot more... Um, conscious of yourself in nature and also conscious of like the time that's passed and and you know doing something for a couple hours around camp it it feels like you've been doing something for a couple hours Mm -hmm. because you've been like turned on mentally and you're in tune with your surroundings whereas I think you know you'll be on Instagram like scrolling and you're like oh my god like 45 minutes have gone by and you're just totally disconnected from totally disconnected from yeah yourself and like you are totally switched off um so I think it's really interesting. I think well, it's a really positive thing that mm-hmm. it's like more of a forefront on people's minds to getting off and like disconnecting and, and being not, more connected to nature. I'm not sure if it's just because of the people I surround myself by or who I'm listening or it's the echo chamber I'm creating for myself. But um, I really liked this direction towards um, work-life balance or the idea of really doing what's authentic or passionate to you and outdoors and you talked about gardening a moment ago Mm -hmm. 
Um, people, you know, growing their own produce. Um, I'll even go as far as, or maybe I'm just embracing the fact that I have an apartment with no dishwasher, so I actually wash my dishes. And I tell you, actually, I will say, there's something very relaxing to washing your own dishes, as well as to taking the transit. And I say that because I never did with my kids, but when we went to see my father at West, the cheapest form of transportation is transit. And as soon as you do that, especially with kids, you have to lower your expectations that mm -hmm. you're not going to hurry up and get going you just <laughs> you just go with the flow mm -hmm. but it puts you in this instant um, frame of of just slowing it down and be more present mm -hmm. right and I love that because essentially like you're there on time but the rest of it is totally out of your control so you're just like you know you get on the bus and you know we'll get you're there when we get there that's right yeah like you'd be stuck in traffic and you're like oh I guess this is what we're doing now it's really quite um refreshing and I think one of the things, too, um, because if, if I'm not mistaken, like your first backpacking trip was the, the trip in Hammersley. Mm -hmm. um, and you, you run into the thing where the, the human connections you make are when you're actually out together um, are totally, I don't know, it, it's kind of like a, like a, a deeper and like more honest connection because you're, you're relying on each other. Mm -hmm. Right. It's it's probably the same phenomena on a lesser scale that uh, and, uh, and I've talked about this before, like soldiers in battle. Mm -hmm. Right. Because you have this shared struggle. You have to rely on each mm -hmm. other. Uh, and it, it, it's sort of like a level of connection that, you you know, you don't tend to have with people. Um, in, in sort of like a superficial way. Right, because mm -hmm. there, there's. Uh, well, you're also making things from scratch very often, right? Whether it be a fire, or you're looking to make food, or mm -hmm. yeah. your tent and your shelter, and finding a good spot. It's it's things that you're having to build together, and and it's very rewarding when you accomplish that, and it's very engaging with each other. Yeah, because I think so many of the things we deal with in daily life are like it's it's easy. Right, you get your food from the supermarket. Then, when you're home, you get something from the fridge. Uh, you turn a light on. Oh, I'm a little chilly. Mm -hmm. Well, you don't have to go collect wood and start a fire. Mm -hmm. You adjust the little knob on the wall, <laughs> right? And and all of those things sort of work together to, uh, you know, when you're when you're out in the backcountry, the mundane things in life you actually have to do something about. Right, and you're engaged in those processes, mm -hmm. right? And I think I think that's sort of one of the things with human beings is we need to be engaged. We like we need to be like uh, have that, uh, you know, call it being present in in the in even just the mundane tasks we're doing. Like so much of life is going through on autopilot, and then people wonder where their yeah, life went. Totally, yeah, yeah. So on that philosophical note, because we've been talking for an hour, over an hour and a half now. <laughs> um, so if you want to follow Emily, uh, Instagram, uh, the Backcountry Nurse, mm -hmm. um, you know, you can check, check me out it. on the, on the old Live, Live Wild. Wild uh, We're going to pull it up. Oh we'll, link, we'll link to it to the show notes. <laughs> yeah, that'd be sweet. Yep. And we'll put it on our, um, our website. And then, uh, yeah, and I think stay tuned to see Catch Your Adventures on yeah. Backcountry Nurse. Yeah. And then stay tuned for part two of this, which is actually going to be 
the technical side mm-hmm. of of Emily, not the sort of adventurer, but the actual mm-hmm. professional nurse who's gonna uh, basically talk to us about things like altitude thickness. Th- thickness. <laughs> that's that's when when you go higher, your ass gets bigger. <laughs> altitude thickness. Um, Thick with two C's. Yeah. Altitude thick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Everything from like you know snake bites and twisted ankles. Mm-hmm. Uh, to what's in my first aid kit because it has yeah. everything and more that you would possibly need probably a little bit more than the average person would need but yeah, yeah i'll give yeah. you a little this sneak is gonna peek. be super cool mm-hmm. so thank you for coming over no maybe, problem maybe for having ne- me maybe yeah. with the next one we'll come visit you yeah that'd be uh, cool. come on over and uh so yeah so what do we say Catherine? work hard play dirty work hard play dirty yeah so see you next time everybody